just for today. I'm, I'm not continuing my series. I, I'll pick up on the series next week. But uh, I just want to look at something a little bit different today. I've been praying about this. And uh, I know the love of God is extremely important. And uh, it is something that we really need to receive a revelation of and walk in the fullness of. Um, but just for today, I want to take a bit of a journey back into the past and briefly look at what Christianity was like and what the Gospels and even Jesus himself were making reference to in much of what they wrote, what they said. And, you know, we've, we, we interpret the Gospels from very much a Western culture and a Western mindset. And I just want to take it back to where it all began. And uh, I, because it's only one ser service, okay, <laughs> I can't go into too much detail. But I just want to share some comments with you, uh, scriptures obviously, but some comments as well that were made um, in the past as people observed Christians. And what they said, now when I read you these comments, they are not gospel, you understand. Somebody said they're not gospel. They're not gospel, they're just things that people observed. But I thought, you know, they were very interesting. There was so much to choose from, and I ended up just choosing uh, two, two portions uh, because they describe so much. But, you know, as we move forward, I, I really want us to, as we listen to this, as we learn from this today, um, I want us to let this be our guide to how we think, how we speak, how we act, how we believe, who we are. Amen? And, uh, you know, so much of the time we're so insistent on so many things because we want things. Um, and I have nothing against you having things. I do have a problem with things having you. Amen. You know, we, we really need to come to the place where we're caretakers of God's property. It all belongs to Him. Amen. So, um, you know, I am and always will be one of those victorious, overcoming, we, ho we have all things in Christ preachers. But all of that is for a reason. Not so we can have it all and keep it all. Amen. So, <coughs> what I'd like to do is, uh, I want to begin with a quote by Justin Martyr. He began as a devoted pagan. I mean, the dude was into everything. <laughs> okay? <laughs> but after being saved, he writes this. He says, before we rejoiced in uncleanness. Do you see the words rejoiced? I mean, he reveled in it. Okay? Uh, he says, but now we love only chastity. We used to practice magic arts, but have now dedicated ourselves to the true and unbegotten God. We used to love money and possessions more than anything, but now we share what we have and give to all of those in need. We used to hate one another, kill one another. We would not eat with those of different races, but now, since the manifestation of Christ, we love our enemies and pray for those who hate us without just cause. Interesting, isn't it? This is what Jesus meant when he said in Matthew chapter 5. I'll ask you to turn to James chapter 2, but 
Let's go to Matthew 5 first. We'll go back to James. In verses 38 through 40, excuse, yeah, 38 through 48, Jesus says there, You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I tell you not to resist an evil person. I'm reading from the New King James, by the way. But whoever slaps you on the right cheek, turn the, turn the other to him also. If anyone wants to sue you and take away your tunic, let him have your cloak also. Remember again, you know, we're talking about a poor person and the tunic was all that they had, you know. Um, and without clothes, they would die of exposure. And uh, this is what Jesus is saying here. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, he, he goes in the same verse 41, Matthew 5:41. He says, and whoever compels you to go one mile, go with him too. The story behind that was, you know, a lot of times the Romans would come because when they were marching, usually to go conquer somebody, okay, <laughs> right? and they would be marching a long time. And so what they would do is they would usually come and they, they could just literally just take anybody off the street and get them to carry their pack, all right, whatever they were carrying on their back. Um, and what normally would happen was, at the end, the person would just throw it on the ground, spit on it, and walk off. That was the usual response. Because, bless God, I was going the other way to the market, and now I got, you know, caught to go a mile out of the way, carrying this guy, and he's probably going to go kill somebody else. You know what I'm trying to say? <laughs> okay? And Jesus says, you know, whoever compels you to go one mile, he says, go to. And what, the, what, he would, what they would do is they would not... At the one mile, the Romans would expect the people to throw it on the ground, but the Christians would carry it a second mile, and the, you know, and the first mile, the Roman has you. The second mile, you have the Roman. Because now you don't have to do this anymore. Do you understand? And so they would go the extra mile, and they would hand the pack over. And these people, this is the reason why Christians, although they were persecuted, ended up becoming dominant at the other end. Because they just, I'm, I'll read you something else that will really bring some insight into this, but they were seen as people that they, they weren't cantankerous, they weren't revengeful, they weren't always looking to get their own way. You know, they saw a need and they, were, they went out of their way to help. Are you all with me? See, now you understand why it is so important that we learn to be loved by God before we can do any of this. Because if you don't have that love inside of you, if you haven't been loved, it's hard to love. Anyway, let me continue here. Verse 42, he says, Give to him who asks you, and from him who wants to borrow from you, do not turn away. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Boy, this is hard. Do good to those who hate you. And pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. This is what made Christians different. They did this. How do you know? Because I'll read you something in a minute. Okay? Verse 45. That you may be sons of your father and daughters as well. The father in heaven... For he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward have you? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet your brethren only, 
what, what do you do more than others? Do not even the tax collectors do so. I mean, they hated tax collectors. All right? They're saying people that you hate do this also. What's the difference? Verse 48, he says, Therefore you shall be perfect, just as your Father in heaven is perfect. Now, if Jesus says you can be perfect, you can be perfect. Oh, but there's a, <laughs> you can work towards it, okay? <laughs> All right, okay. Added to this, and one more thing, this is where I wanted to go in the beginning. In James chapter 2, even the Apostle James writes, I know there's a lot of scripture here today, but, you know, I just thought, I, I just want to share scriptures with you today. And uh, you'll know where all this is going in just a minute. Well, <laughs> James chapter 2, verse 14, it says, What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says that he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? If a brother, verse 15, or a sister, James 2, 15, is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, Depart in peace and be warmed, and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But some will say, you have faith, I have works, show me your, your uh, faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You know, we see what people, or we should see what people believe by what they do, not by what they say. It's in our behavior. It's in the way we are towards those that are not likable. Remember again, Jesus said, there's no point in doing good to those that do you good. Because, yeah, everybody does that. But what, is, what happens when, you, when people are out to get you and you just bless them? That, that see, people check out then. Whatever is driving them, whatever evil is driving them, suddenly loses all of its, you know, the wind in its sails. Because you've done something that's just thrown them. This is not a norm in society. This is just... <laughs> okay, anyway. So, this is what being a Christian is. Now, not that we give away everything that we have, but we look to be a blessing wherever we go because we are so blessed by God in so many ways. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finish on a high, okay? So, I'm going to give you stuff in a minute. Um, but... <laughs> Let, let me just read you something. One of the second century secular writers said the following about the Christians he observed. I told you this is not gospel, okay? But I just want you to listen to what he writes. It gives us a glimpse of what Christianity was like and what Christians were like. He says, Christians are not distinguished from the rest of mankind by country, by speech, nor by customs. But although they live in both Greek and foreign cities and follow the local customs, both in clothing and food and the rest of life, do you notice they're not weird? Okay, I think that's so important. He said that. He said they don't dress like weirdos and act like weirdos. And Okay? He said they're just normal. <clears throat> he says they exhibit... The, did I read all of that? Both in clothing and food and the rest of life, they exhibit the wonderful and admittedly strange nature of their own citizenship. Isn't that interesting? So they are citizens of two worlds. And they respect both worlds. 
okay? They live in their own homelands, but as sojourners. They share all things as citizens and suffer all things as aliens. Interesting, isn't it? I told, there's no gospel now, but this is what he's saying he sees. Okay? Every foreign um, country is their homeland, and every homeland a foreign country. They marry as all do. They bear children. But they do not discard, discard their children as some do. Now, what's behind that is what used to happen back then was that, you know, as in some families and Romans and so on and so forth, they have daughters, they'd just throw them out on the street. They didn't want girls. They had to have boys. And they would literally just throw their children into the street, let the dogs or whatever get at them. And the Christians would go rescue them. Isn't it interesting? They find themselves in the flesh, but do not live according to the flesh. They pass their time upon earth, but are citizens of heaven. They obey the established laws and surpass the laws in their own lives. I like that. They love all and are persecuted by all. They are put to death and are made alive. They are poor, but make many rich. They lack all things and yet abound in all things. They are abused and give blessing. They are insulted and give honor. When they do good, they are punished as evildoers. When they are punished, punished, they rejoice as those receiving life. By the Jews, they are attacked as foreigners. And by the Greeks, they are persecuted. And those who hate them, listen, are not able to state the cause of their hostility. Isn't that interesting? Have you noticed that? Sometimes people just are hostile around you, and it's just spiritual. They don't know why and what. It's just you drive demons nuts. You know, you, know, you as a Christian have a presence around you. And things kind of, you know, the darkness doesn't like the light. And when you enter places, that's what you bring. You bring light. Amen? Now, I, I don't want to go any further because, you know, okay, it's already difficult in some of you. Um, but the point I want to make is this. I went back there, I wanted to read you some of these things, because as we move forward, now, you know, I'm not asking you, okay, to go down across or something, um, but uh, it's, it's, it's the heart behind what we are to be doing. The heart behind our Christianity. You know, as I was, you know, let me now share some things with you. You know, as when I first became a Christian and I was sort of going through my journey as a Christian, okay, <laughs> you know, um, I, I, I fell in love with certain ministries and, you know, and so in my brain it was all about conventions and all about, you know, getting out there and being on stage and all of those things. And it was, you know, it was about, let's go get the word, some more. Where's, where's more word? You all know what I'm trying to say? Okay, we're looking for the word, 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 word. And you know, it's really, the more I studied this, the more I began to realize, these people weren't looking more for the word. They were looking, where can I use the word? I have received the word, what can I do with this? They were looking how to bless people with the, not only the prosperity, but the power they were receiving. 
they were being blessed because the scriptures hold. Whatever you sow, you'll reap. Amen? And God blesses you. The more you try to bless people, the more you try to give it all away, the more you get stuff back. <laughs> people have written that, written about this. That They said they were trying to give away all their, you know, they became a Christian, trying to give away all their money, and the more they gave, the more they got. They're trying to get poor, but they keep getting richer. And we still haven't learned that lesson. We still think the more we hold on to, the richer we'll be. Do you hear what I'm saying? That's why, you know, the, the Bible, I think in uh, Proverbs, says there's something very strange. There's one that holds on to more than what is necessary, and it leads to poverty. And there's the person that gives, and it leads to prosperity. It leads to increase. And that's exactly how this works. See, Jesus doesn't ask you to sort of give something and then do without it. The Lord says, give it so that I can put more in your hand. Show me that you're a person that I can use to bless others. I've got it all, but I need to find people who have the wisdom and have the generosity and the heart to do this. Are you all with me? Moving forward, you know, there's so much we want to do. And, you know, we're looking to start up our home groups and everything. And uh, I know God is going to bless those groups. And the more I look at what's going on in the Christian world, the more I realize how precious what we have is. God has blessed us with the Word on such a level that we know how to pick error when it comes along. We know how to stand up against the forces of evil. We know how to pray for people. We know how to believe God. We know how to change things around in people's lives. And people don't have that. People go out there and they get prayed for. And you know what they get? What prayer they get? Lord, help him go through this. And teach him something from this Lord. And let them know that even though you're, you're causing all this suffering that it is for some good. I read something and I was so disappointed that somebody wrote something that I thought should have known better and quoted somebody that's talking about, you know, all the misery you go through. God planned all that for you. Even, you know, all the abuse you received, that was all planned out. There was no purpose for all of it. That's what people are receiving. That's what churches are preaching. That's what people, that's why people are just spiraling downward. And, you know, we've got a truth here that will destroy all of that. All the lies of the devil, bring in God's life, bring in God's power, bring in God's redemption, and change people's lives. You know, when I pray for people, things change. And they're surprised that it changed. I'm surprised if it doesn't. <laughs> you know, no, but then I realize what's happening. They don't even know. People don't know to pray. Like, because we pray what we know. If we don't know what we know, if we don't know that God is a good God, if we don't know that we have an enemy, if we don't know that we live in a fallen world and things are going wrong because the thing has fallen, not because God planned it. You want to see God's plan? Read Genesis 2, right up to 2, before everything fell. Don't read Genesis 3, because that's where everything gets messed up. God didn't make a, a planet 
that had all kinds of obstacles and all kinds of things to test you or to try you to make your life miserable. He designed and created paradise for us. We messed up and lost it. Jesus came and restored it, but at a price. And we need to restore it, but it's also at a price. We need to believe. Despite everything that we see, we are to walk by faith, not by sight. Are you all here? That's our fight. That's the good fight of faith. That's what brings the good news to people. To say, I know it looks hopeless. I know things look terrible right now. But there is a God who is bigger than your problem. There is a God who has only the best plan for you. And if you can receive that, then you can pray that for other people. And rescue them from whatever, uh, you know, trap or whatever jail or whatever confinement or whatever, you know, problem they're in. But if you don't, then you're going to do the same thing you're doing with yourself. And just like you're just making it, you're just trudging through the heat and the cold and everything else. You just tell him, join me, brother. We'll both trudge through all of this. And the devil is up there laughing. And Jesus is sad. Because he died on a cross so you wouldn't have to go through that. And he died so that everybody else could be rescued from that. Always blesses me, always blesses me that the gospel says, and he healed them all. That blesses me. I got a revelation on that. I realized something. Sickness, disease, all that stuff isn't there to test you. It's there to kill you. And God won't allow it. And he doesn't want us to allow it. Are you all with me? We are the redemption the world is looking for. Listen to me. That's why we need home groups, home fellowships. We need to invite people in and bless them and pray for them. And in our prayers, teach them and let them see, you know, with signs following, let them see how their life changes and that maybe their thinking needs to change. Maybe the things they've heard about God are not true. Maybe He is good. Maybe he does love you. Not with a sick love that wants to test you and try you, but a true love that wants to give you all things, bless you with everything, love you beyond what you can even imagine. Amen? If we can share that with people, if they can receive that, wow. How do you think their lives will change? That's the reason why I'm teaching you about love. We are going to be using those lessons in our home fellowships. You're going to listen to it here. You're going to learn it. You are going to internalize it. You're going to get a revelation on it. And then you're going to share it. And if you can't do that, I'll come and help. But I'd like you to grow in your gift. That's why we release ministers. That's how in the old... in the in the beginning, ministers were born was just doing this. They didn't have some big church that, and that was all they had. They had a big church. They had a massive church. But that wasn't the only place. Everybody ministered everywhere. And you know, it's a funny thing. They didn't have ordinations. 
and they didn't have to go to Bible college for six years and all of that stuff. They just learned. They saw, they learned, and they went and did themselves. You know, I said did quite this. Never mind. You know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> they learned by, you know, from example. They'd watch others do it, and then they, they would do it themselves. And that's really where our Bible college is going to be going in the future. We're going to be training you up for ministry, for those who want to be in ministry. And uh, it's not just going to be another, you know, book of the Bible and another book of the Bible and another book of the Bible. And they're wonderful and they have lots of truth in them. But I want to also look at, and I love them, okay, but I also want to look at what are the practical things you need to learn to do. Amen? Uh, let me take you to Ephesians. How, how are we going for time? I'm sorry. You did hold him up. I wasn't paying it. Thank you. I wasn't paying attention. All right. Ephesians. I, I only have five minutes left, so let me just share some scriptures with you very quickly. Ephesians chapter 1. I mean, there, it's everywhere in the Bible. You know, it's really interesting as you read the Bible. The beginning of each of Paul's epistles generally will always talk about the blessings. And then he'll, he'll go from the spiritual reality to the natural reality of how we are to use them and how we are to engage in life because we have all of that. I've gone backwards. <laughs> okay, I've told you how we need to engage in life. Now I want to show you what's at the front end. Okay? And this is just one example. I could have, I could have picked a whole lot of different scriptures, but uh, time doesn't permit. So the Apostle Paul writes, Ephesians chapter 1, beginning in verse 3. I'll be reading through to verse 12. He says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. Wow. There's a beginning. Every spiritual blessing. There is not one spiritual blessing that you haven't been blessed with. I want you to think about that. I mean, everything. And he goes, just as he, verse 4, just as he chose us, in Him, before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love, having predestined us to, uh, us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to Himself. That was the predest That's what He destined for all of us, was to become His children. Not everybody chose it, but He destined everybody for it. Because as soon as Jesus died, the price was paid for everybody, not just a select few. So every human being on this planet was predestined to be his son from then on. And they're going to answer for why they were not. Amen. I thought it... No, never mind. Let's not go there because now. Never mind. Okay, not today. <laughs> oh, I still want to. But anyway. Um, <laughs> uh, did I finish verse 5? Verse 6. It says, to the praise of the glory of His grace by which He has made us accepted in the Beloved. Verse 7, In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of His grace. See, the forgiveness of our sins is because of the riches of His grace. Do you hear me? Not because of anything we did. Which He made to abound towards us in all wisdom and, and prudence. Verse 9, Having made known to us the mystery of His will. God isn't mysterious. Don't ever say, Oh, you know... There's no way we can know what God is up to. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Yeah, they are. Why don't you get with it? 
<laughs> Amen. Leave yours behind and start having his. How can I do that? Well, Corinthians, I think 1 Corinthians 2.16 or something, says you have the mind of Christ. Don't sit there with your own little brain trying to figure it out. Get the mind of Christ. Say, thank you, Lord, I have your mind. I can work this. I can, I can receive this. In fact, he doesn't only want you to understand it. He wants, to get you, he wants you to get a revelation on the thing as well. Amen. See, as you get to see things through different eyes, that's when you become different. That's what the Apostle, talks, uh, Paul, the Apostle Paul talks about in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Don't let your body get in the way. Offer it up as a living sacrifice and be not conformed to this world. But be transformed, metamorphosis, by the renewing of your mind. That you may prove what is a good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Amen? Anyway, that's for another time. All right, back to this. <coughs> Where was I? Where did I stop? Uh, let me go. I, I think I read verse 9, but let's go back there. Because it again says, Having made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure which he purposed in himself. Actually, I didn't read that, did I? Verse 10, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on the earth, in him. There's a lot in this, by the way, okay? I'm not, but I'm not preaching on the book of Ephesians today. It says, in him also, listen. Verse 11, in him also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. We have an inheritance because God planned for us to become his children. And so he had all of this stuff waiting for us. That's why I said everybody that misses God, everybody that says no to Jesus, he's gonna, they're going to find out at the end what they had waiting for him. And they're going to hate on themselves. Okay, we had all of, we said no to this. We thought we were saying no to religion. Hey, dude, you were saying no to God, not religion. That's why what we do is not religious. It's about a God who loves us. It's about a daddy who loves us. Amen. This is about a father who lost his children and paid a very dear price to get them all back. For God so loved that he gave. Verse 12, that we who first trusted in Christ should be to the praise of his glory. I'd like to jump to Ephesians 2 and verse 4. I'm just reading the scriptures, okay? He says here, but God who is rich in mercy because of his great love, Ephesians 2, 4, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together in Christ. By grace have you been saved and raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. I mean, this is everything that he's giving us, everything that he's waiting for us. God is blessing us every which way, and the reason why he says, can you please be a blessing to some other people? Because that's what allows him to be a blessing to you and bless you. Amen? You know, one of the things that... One of the things that was difficult for me to learn <laughs> okay, was to give and be a blessing without expecting anything in return. I'm just going to be honest with you, that was hard for me. You know, because we, you know, we do something good and we expect something good in return. You know, I'm, I'm kind to someone... I'm going to use joy as an example. 
I'm kind to Joe. I expect Joe to be... Now, he'll be nice to me. Okay, I know him. He's, he's going to be nice regardless. But I'm, so I'm using that as an example, okay? Because I know this is not true. But if he wasn't nice to me, I'd be like, oh. But I was nice to him. And he was nice to me. And God's going, what's the problem? I was nice to Joe. And he was nice to me. Oh, you were looking for payback? Oh, you did that with the condition attached? You're difficult. <laughs> no. Remember, he said, bless those who hate you. And these ones like you. Generally speaking. <laughs> okay? See, we have this mentality. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a worldly mentality that says, if I do something good, I should get something back. But God's mentality is this. You don't always reap where you sow. You'll be good to Joe, and then Verity will be good to you. Joe will be good to me too, okay? He's, he's, he's wonderful, he's sweet. Okay? But, you know, but I don't look for that. So if ever I do something for Joe, he knows that he's receiving something without any strings attached. Because people are always looking for, you know, you know uh, what's in it for you? You're doing this for me, why? <laughs> you know? And they can't understand if you love them and give them, do something for them just because you want to bless them. And you're not looking for anything in return. Just a smile on their face and to know that they were blessed. That's it. Are you all here? That's what makes it special. That's when God can bless you. I used to get upset with the Lord because, you know, <laughs> I have all these different people calling me and don't come to this church. Go somewhere else, get the wrong preaching, then get in trouble, then call me for prayer. Now, come on. Okay, all right. I'm just being real with you here. And I'm like, come to church. Dude, you want to have these problems to come to church. And then you have the nerve to call me and ask me for prayer. I don't want to pray for you. <laughs> I had issues. I had issues. Pastor had issues. And, you know, I was thinking, God. And he said, you know, you got this all wrong. I said, why? He said, plant the seeds. Reap the harvest. He said, do you not understand that as you pray for people, as you bless people, I will reward you. People will get it in their heart. I think I need to bless Pastor Roche today. And when you get one of those, it's because I was praying for somebody that wasn't coming to church. And, and Okay, <laughs> you know, uh, doing something. <laughs> and, you, you know, your little thought of, I think I'll, you know, do something extra. That's why. And there, somebody else will do that for you if you do the same. Amen. And he told me one day, you know, one time, one time, one time. I have to finish this. Well, thank you. Yes, I have to finish. One time, I, I, I was thinking, you know what? I'm tired of this. I'm not doing this anymore. <laughs> no, I know nobody had that thought. You know, because you're all saints. But me, I'm a pagan, okay? And I, I was having this thought, you know, and I thought, that's it, Lord. Next time they call me. And they called and I, everything, I tried everything not to and I couldn't. But I didn't do it with the right attitude. And I started to find that all the blessings started to decrease. And I said, what is this? And he said, get the revelation. He said, you 
plant over here, you reap over there. You don't plant over here and reap over here. He said, everything you did with a good heart over here, people that didn't deserve or whatever, you just do it with a good heart and you just want, you know, the blessing of God to be on them and regardless of where they're going and whatever decisions they're making that are not smart and they're getting themselves into trouble and they're calling you for prayer, pray for them. Jesus healed them all. You see what I'm trying to say? He didn't say, you know what, you deserve that. You keep that for another six months. Naughty, naughty. He didn't say that to anybody. He healed them all. Straight away, right then and there. Tells me something. Devil on people's back, regardless of what caused it, get them off their back. Amen? And you let God bless you the way He wants to bless you. And you pray that the eyes of their understanding open. And that they see the truth in what's going on. That they don't make the same mistakes over and over again. But even if they do, you will pray for them every single time. You will exercise your faith every single time. You will believe for the best every single time. Amen? No compromises. Hallelujah. This is a very exciting message. <laughs> Listen, this is how you get blessed. This is how you walk in the blessing. This is how you become one of God's children manifested down here in the, in the flesh. Amen? This is how you become someone that God smiles at. And he's proud to say, that one's mine. Hallelujah. Do you want to give God that gift? This is your New Year's message, okay? You decide to be this way in the year to come. We're, we're, we're talking about God's love and the, diff, the purpose, the reason that we're here. We'll be talking about lots of different things. But I need you to understand something in everything that you learn. You need to be a blessing. Amen. You need to have this attitude. Even when people spitefully use you or attack you or whatever, bless them. You bless them. Hallelujah. You sow those seeds. And God will look after you in ways that you can't even imagine. I have seen that happen over and over again. This is experience talking. Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, we thank you today for your word. And Lord, we want to be the people that you designed, destined us to be. The people that you died so that, we be, so that we could become something brand new. Hallelujah. Something that never existed before. Something that is foreign to this world and its way of thinking. And we just thank you, Father, that as we receive your love, as we move forward in that series and learn to just receive the love that you have for us. And that fills us fills our heart and fills our lives up, Father, to the place that it overflows and we become blessings to everybody around us. And everything that we do, we do with a good attitude, with a loving heart, and with a faith that will move mountains. Mountains out of people's lives. So that they can live the life that you plan for them. And maybe just get a glimpse 
what you had for them and have for them. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Amen.